stories from your community. This is the 519 Podcast, part of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network. If you ever visit a place that people tell you is haunted, maybe you'll build up the experience in your mind. But usually when you arrive, it's a big letdown. That's because paranormal happenings are rarely predictable. and The same things never seem to happen twice. You might feel a chill that raises the hair on the back of your neck or hear creaking of old floorboards and the grumbling of old pipes. But only now and then does someone claim to have seen a ghost and rarely is that ghost ever caught on camera. Ghost sounds being captured few and far between, and objects moving on their own, not often seen either. However, these things all happen in the oldest building in Essex County, at the Park House Museum. You can count on it, in fact. On this episode of the 519 Podcast, a 519 campfire story, the haunting of the Park House Museum. Here's your host, Haley Chang. As with any haunted house, the museum comes with a long history, more than 200 years of history to be exact. Families and businesses coming in and out, lives beginning and lives ending. Houses don't often stay standing long enough to become a national historic site if they didn't have this kind of history. But what if those people never left? What if the occupants loved their home so much they decided to stay a little longer? And as it turns out, a few of their friends and a few passerbys joined the party. It's the haunting of the Park House Museum. And if you're interested, you can investigate it yourself and see what you can find in one of their public ghost hunts. If you think a group might scare off any potential sightings, as you'll soon find out, that's not the case. This is Stephanie Pouget-Papek, curator of the Park House Museum. So the Park House Museum was built sometime, um, they're guessing, uh, between the 1750s and 1770s, and it was built in Detroit. And it's said that it was moved here in 1798 and it was kind of moved here because or the story goes (laughs) because the owners um, were British and when they they were required to leave the United States following the American Revolution they decided that they wanted to bring their house as well and when they established the town of Amherstburg it was the perfect place to bring it. The Park House Museum was owned by a number of different families and firms from the late 1700s up until the 1830s. The Park Brothers Theodore John and Thomas Park would become the eventual owners in 1839. In 1851, Theodore Park married Caroline Kettle and they began to raise their family, seven children in total, in the Park House. They made memories in the house with birthdays, Christmases, Thanksgivings, all the things that a loving family would have circled on their calendar year. As the children grew older, they all remained in the house. No one left, no one ventured into the outside world. They grew attached to their beloved home where they would remain until their deaths. So none of the children married or had had children. So when Elizabeth died, she was the last daughter to live in the house. When she died here in 1941, the house kind of sat a little bit in limbo. Then it was purchased by C.R. Lalonde and turned into an antique shop. And after Lalonde died, they decided that they wanted to save the house because they felt it was significant. And the Rotary Club and Hazen Price stepped in and they decided to turn it into a museum. In 1972, the Park House Museum was moved from where it stood for 173 years to its current location at 214 Dalhousie Street in Amherstburg. The house changed locations nearly as many times as ownerships, coming from Detroit then moving twice in Amherstburg. After its final move, it was restored and turned into a museum. Although the house was moved several times, the ghosts that inhabited it came along for the ride. Stephanie has worked as the curator for the museum for over nine years. 
Over the years, she has had her fair share of paranormal encounters. There's definitely some weird stuff that happens here from doors closing and opening on their own to hearing footsteps on the second floor. You can hear talking sometimes. We did a filming for the episode of Ghost Hunters of Grand River, which aired on the APTN network in January. Our episode aired and they were we were working with the snipe team and they were sending us clips of things that they had found. And I think one of the most interesting ones is they had caught a woman singing and it was about I think two or three in the morning and she comes across the, the audio recordings just humming and singing. It's usually rare for paranormal events to happen frequently. People have supernatural experiences once in their lives, maybe twice, but hardly more than that. They're rarely predictable occurrences you can never count on. Not at the Parkhouse Museum though, where the ghosts appear to be just as active as they were when they were alive. The Parkhouse Museum was so active that they invited paranormal investigators to check the place out. This is Tina Per Duchenne, founder of the PO3, one of the many paranormal groups that investigated the Parkhouse Museum. I never assumed there would be any paranormal activity there. I just thought of it as a museum, right? As most normal people do. <laughs> but then when I got in and we started investigating over the years, we've just been getting so much activity. Um, and if you talk to the curator, there's so many ghost stories that go along with the building of different and people that have volunteered there over the years. I've actually myself heard like audible voices, which is odd. You don't get that very often. We've gotten EVPs, so uh, electronic voice phenomena. Um, we've gotten full body apparitions on camera. I've actually seen shadow figures with like myself as well there. It's just, it's, it's crazy the amount of activity that goes on in that little building. After so many investigations, it's become clear that there are multiple ghosts in the house. With so many former residents sticking around, it's hard to tell exactly who each ghost may be. But Tina has been able to identify a few. We get somebody new every time we go in. It's so strange. Um, Dr. Park will come through quite often. Um, and his wife, Carol, and his sister, Lizzie. Um, we have a couple of children's spirits that come through. Quite a few soldiers that have come through over the years. And then sometimes we just get random spirit that comes through that's just wandering around. But on a regular basis, like the regular spirits that kind of live in the house, there's about five or six. These ghosts move freely around the house going about their day like they would have in the past. From the kitchen to the parlor, the ghosts are not afraid to make themselves known. Another one, it wasn't myself, but one of my team members when we were investigating one who was sitting in the back uh, kitchen and they have this chandelier that sits in the middle of the room that holds candlesticks. And she was sitting back there and basically asked if there's anyone here, let me know that you're, you know, can you let me know that you're here? And the candles started falling out of the candelabra one, one by one. Like over the course of 10 minutes, they just kept falling out. I haven't gotten anything in the kitchen with the camera, but I think in the parlor we got a really good um, uh, full body apparition in the, in the parlor there the one time. It is very rare and we've been investigating Parkhouse for probably, we go about three or four times a year and I've been going for 10 years and we've only gotten it once. The parlor is an interesting spot to have activity, but it's also no surprise that it would have occurrences because years ago, families would host funerals in their own homes and the parlor was the room in which the body would be laid out. And since the house is hundreds of years old, that meant there would have been quite a few funerals hosted in it. 
but that accounts for the ghosts of Mr. and Mrs. Park along with their children. What about the soldiers that Tina and her team saw? Who are they and why are they haunting the Park House Museum? Because of where the Park House is geographically located, it actually would have been in the battleground from 1812, right? So we'll get, because we're sitting on the ground there, we'll get soldiers that have come through and they've actually said their names or said soldier or, you know, where are you coming from, from the, and then they'll say Fort or sometimes Fort Malden, which is very strange. But um, the last time we were there, I got the name of a um, uh, someone that had served for the commissariat there, which is the building. It's a historical building that's just about 500 feet left of the park house in the Navy Yard as well. So we don't just pick up with spirits from the park house itself, but from the surrounding area. Over the years, many different spirits have passed in and out of the house. But the ghosts who come around most often, the parks, tend to spend their time in the area around the back staircase, up the stairs, and on the second floor where the bedrooms are. According to Stephanie, this staircase is one of the most haunted spots in the house. So it's that staircase leading up to the bedrooms, and of course that back door that opens and closes all the time on its own, leading into the hallway. We've actually caught it on video. And it's not, you know, sometimes with a little draft, it's a, you know, it'll, a door will move a little bit, but this is a fully open or a fully closed. It's, it's quite interesting to see. We've also caught the uh, rocking chair on video moving. Moving objects isn't the only way the park ghosts like to make themselves known. It's not unusual for them to speak or communicate in some sort of way with the staff at the museum. One day we had someone was coming in for work and it's not unusual to walk in the building and hear running on the on the second floor from like the north so side of the building down to the south side of the building. And the person comes in and they hear the running around upstairs and they stop and you know they make that decision, do I want to Am I scared? Do I want to come to work? Do I want to run, run out the front door? And they're like, just whatever, we'll just keep moving forward. And as they get to the half door um, in our gift shop that leads to the basement, they hear the running come to the top of the staircase and they hear, shh, 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 she's here now. And then the running goes all the way back to the south end of the house and Nobody else is here, so of course we, we come to work and they're sitting on the front porch. It's always the scariest when you're by yourself. It's also more likely to happen under those circumstances. But turns out moving in a group in the park house doesn't exactly discourage paranormal activity either. We did have actually, we had some staff working here one day and the door was closed. The, no, one, no one else was in the building and they heard someone, you know, walk up the staircase and they're joking around there like, oh, Mrs. Park, leave us alone. We're trying to work. And, you know, I shouted as I like, go, oh, Mrs. Park, if you need help, ring the bell like everybody else and not 10 seconds later, the bell on the half door starts ringing. And it was it was interesting. They ran downstairs, right? One of the girls ran downstairs and it's halfway down the stairs. The bell stops ringing and she's like pops her head up. And she's like, oh, my goodness, there's nobody here. But it's not just the staff that experience the hauntings on a daily basis. Even guests that visit the museum will usually leave with some sort of spooky encounter. One of the most unsettling experiences I've ever had here. Um, we were hosting an afternoon tea and we do a lot of afternoon teas here and they're, they're different themes. You know, we have Outlander and Anna Green Gables and a witch's tea. And we had a mother and her daughter and the, the daughter was 
probably under five and they were sitting in the dining room with their back towards the hallway in the in the staircase going up to the bedrooms and you know the whole kids are fidgety and the whole time she keeps turning around and turning around and i'm serving tea and the little girl asks if she can go upstairs and the mom says well the stair it's closed up there we're not going up there today we're just you know we're here for the tea and i said oh yeah we're not we're not going on the second floor today we're just having tea here today but if you want to you know look around the the main floor later on when everyone leaves you can do that and the little girl says but the lady upstairs keeps asking me to come up and play (laughs) and there there was nobody up here sometimes guests come into the museum looking for ghosts and hoping for some sort of encounter but children aren't there looking for ghosts they're usually there for a cooking class or an art program or an educational tour so you can bet that when they come across the parks their reaction can range from downright terrified to excitement. There was one instance, this is well before I started, uh, someone had come in, they did a self-guided tour, and this is where the, the first story of the woman in the black dress comes in. So the lady, she does a tour through the whole house, and she gets back downstairs, compliments the, the previous curator on her staff. You know, they're really well-versed in the subject, very knowledgeable, great costuming, and the previous curator says, well, I'm the only person here. and the woman insists that there's someone like she was talking to somebody on the second floor so they lock the door they go through the whole house and at that point she realized she's she must have seen a ghost and then out the front door she goes we had another instance where we had um uh one of a child was here and they came running down the the south staircase and you could hear him scream and they insisted that they were chased down the down the staircase by some black shadow and they were little they they didn't know what ghosts were um but they're like oh there was something upstairs and it, it came down <laughs> the parkhouse museum ghost stories are even more believable because they happen to children or to people who didn't know the building was haunted to begin with the woman in the black the little girl saw is said to be mrs park presence can be seen and felt in multiple ways as if she's trying everything to communicate once more with the living i think one of the weirdest things that has happened is we have an alarm system on the second floor well we have it throughout the entire entire museum Mm -hmm. and we had gotten a call from the alarm company that there was somebody tampering with one of the motion sensors in the bedroom on the second floor and of course the stories that surround the second floor is that you know, people have a tendency to see Mrs. Park. She she will engage with visitors. And if you're walking up Rankin Street, which is perpendicular to where the building is, you can see Mrs. Park wandering on the second floor. So, of course, when we get this phone call that someone's upstairs tampering, trying to pull the, the uh, motion sensor off the wall, of course, none of us want to go up there knowing that <laughs> nobody else is upstairs. And of course, we're on the phone with the security company. We walk upstairs and they say, well, it's just stopped now. And of course, there was nobody up here. Another time, I, again, I had a, uh, one of my team members was in there and he witnessed like there's upstairs. If you go upstairs into the bedroom, they've got the parents' bedroom and then they've got an area where the children used to sleep at the top of the stairs and they've got a cradle that's up there. Well, he witnessed the cradle rocking on its own. And we tried everything to recreate it to find out what would make it rock. Like we were stomping on the ground in front of it and shaking the banister and 
but we couldn't get it to recreate, so I don't know what was causing it to rock, but it kind of freaked him out. And he's very um, skeptical. Everything, to him, nothing is paranormal. There's always a logical explanation for everything, and he had no explanation for that. It freaked him right out. What makes the Park House Museum haunting so different from other haunted houses is how consistent the activity is. Whether you're there by yourself or on a tour, it is very likely you'll see or hear something. An unexplained shadow, a rocking cradle, footsteps in the hallway, maybe even a conversation with one of the parks. If you're planning a visit, these are just some of the things you should expect. A public paranormal investigation, and it's awesome because every time we do it, something happens. Whether it's like just equipment that's gone off, or, you know, review and you get voices coming through, or somebody has an experience while they're there, they've been touched or whatnot. It's just, there's always something going on there. That's why I love it there so much. I would put it up in my top five. And I've done everything from asylums to tuberculosis, hospitals, abandoned prisons, uh, abandoned jails. Like, I've done, I've done a variety of different um, locations over the years. And park houses, like, for being consistently active, I would say that that's definitely my top five. This episode of the 519 Podcast was written by Patrick Magermans and Haley Cheng. It was produced by Patrick Magermans and Haley Cheng and hosted by Haley Cheng. The 519 Podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network.